welcome to Comic Chat um, number, episode number 93. Um, I'm your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a 10-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I'm originally from Compton, California. And uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Sorry. Facebook, Glendon McGee. And uh, Insta or IG or the gram. That's at uh, GM3 comedy that's gm the number three in the word comedy um today's date is a wednesday august the 3rd uh 2022 i know i usually do uh this on tuesday but yesterday i had a pretty busy busy day and it was really uh, because I, I woke up late, but that's that's later on in this show. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And like I do every show before I get started, I just want to say that uh, I love all of you and that I am... Uh, super happy and immensely grateful and side-splittingly excited for you joining me for another episode of this wonderful casting program. If you want to call it that, I don't want to really call it a program because it's not really formatted or anything it's just me free flowing and talking about random things uh so before i get started i uh, have some really two really heartbreaking uh, moments of silence uh, one is the son of my uh, dear comic friend uh Aisha Renee and uh, he was only 19 years old but I guess the positive that I can put on it is that at least it was uh, health reasons and he wasn't um, tragically taken from her by violence Um, but his name was um, Malachi Mills and he was uh turns out to be an inspiration to a lot of people and I really never met the young man but I just know uh, how cool his mom and dad is so it kind of gave me a perception of who he is because your child when you have kids they become like you because they learn everything from you so if he has this positive perception of being from everybody else, then it must mean that he had great parents. So, um, yeah, he passed away from organ failure suddenly on Friday. Well, I think he went in the hospital earlier that week and 
he finally just lost the battle on Friday. Um, and uh, great, legendary great um, baseball Dodgers announcer Vin Scully died yesterday at 95 years old. I don't know um, how he died. I just know that he is no longer with us. And it uh, pains me deeply, but I'll get more into that after this uh, moment of silence for uh, Malachi Mills and Vin Scully. All right, well, rest in peace to uh, those two beautiful gentlemen that shared this earth uh, with us recently got their uh, call home to the great spirit and now they're both in their most beautiful and energetic and spiritually uh, driven form so yeah Vin Scully, it kind of hurts, even though he's like 95 years old. It kind of hurts because I grew up mad Dodgers fan from like the age of five years old. So I, he was pretty much there my whole life. If I wasn't watching a Dodgers game and, and I was at like one of my relatives house and they had it on the radio and he would do the commercials for uh Unical 76, which was a, a gas station in, in California. And uh, he would do the, the Farmer John's ads. And uh, he would also, you know, talk about, you know, ticket deals and, you know, all types of other things. But that's what I really remember him for when I was a little kid is like the Farmer John ads. So, because when I went to the grocery store, my mom, I would see Farmer John and I would hear Vince Scully say, Farmer John, and it would be fucking awesome. So, <laughs> it it really, um, it hits me a little bit because he was, like, there from my childhood. Because I've been a Dodger fan since they were bad. I mean, I've been through some bad teams. Those Mike Piazza days and shit. They weren't good. <laughs> but I was I was cheering for them and and watching them get their ass whooped by the Braves and the fucking Padres and the Mets and the Phillies. Like everybody was kicking the Dodgers ass at that time. Even the Rockies. That was like the the, the mid nineties when Colorado was like two or three years old and Coors Field was kind of like the hardest place to win a baseball game because everybody can hit home runs like crazy. And, and that was back when they had like Eric Young and Dante Bichette and uh, Big Cat Andres Galarraga. And it was uh, it's a fun time to be a Rockies fan back then. They were they were kicking our fucking ass. Even the damn D-backs when, when they first came they were, they were kicking the Dodgers' ass because they had fucking Randy Johnson Shilly and so yeah. But Vin Scully was was a was a huge 
like part of my childhood. I remember him calling the Kirk Gibson home run. I was watching that shit on TV. I think I was watching Fox 11 because when I was a kid, it used to come on Fox 11 until about 1990, I want to say 93. And then they moved over to like KTLA 5. And I used to watch when when they moved over there too. And uh, the Angels, I used to watch occasionally when they played the Seattle Mariners. Because I, lo- I loved King Griffey Jr. So whenever he was on TV, I would watch an Angels game. And I, was, that's, I tell everybody that, that I don't give a shit about the Angels. The only time I watched the Angels was when I was a little kid. And I would only watch them for the star player on the other team. Like I would watch the the Bucks, the, the, no, not the Bucks, the the Brewers, and for Robin Yount and Robin Ventura, I would never watch for Luis Soho and Gary Gaetti and those guys. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm like going deep into like my love for baseball, but it was Vin Scully was the greatest baseball announcer ever because. He always did his research, even though it kind of always sounded fucked up because he would describe the uh, the Latin players that grew up in the islands and in extreme poverty, and he would talk about how how they become good hitters and stuff, and they would say something. He would say like, "This guy learned how to hit by batting his sister's doll heads." into the ocean like it sounds pretty fucked up but it's also like wow that's interesting he he was hitting barbie heads with a stick and now he's a major league baseball player and it's just you know Ben Scully just had a, a memorable voice I think he was in the business for damn near 80 years like he followed the Dodgers from Brooklyn to Los Angeles, so he was in—he'd been in broadcasting for his whole damn life. I've seen other things that he did. I—I would listen to a, a hockey game that he called in, like a boxing match, because when you when you do that, when you're an announcer, it's like you don't just do one specific sport. I used to think that that's what it was. I thought that oh, you're. You're the guy for the Dodgers, and that's all you do was Dodger shit. Until you you get a throwback clip, and you see that they used to work for other teams in other sports. And it's always weird hearing an announcer when you get used to them in one platform. Uh, It's always weird when you hear them in another platform, like uh, listening to Marv Albert call a boxing match. That was like the weirdest shit for me because I'm always, I'm used to him like, Jordan gets to step and all that shit. Like, I I was never, I'm not used to him talking about landing left hooks and then talking about head movement and people's next upcoming fights and shit. I was used to him getting excited because somebody got dunked on. So it was like weird as hell to to, uh, see Marv Albert in in another element. And I think the only really other element that I could accept him in is when he used to do football games. But, yeah, Vin Scully was 
it was the best. And I, I mean, I guess because a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. If you're not from LA, you probably don't know who he is. And if you haven't had the pleasure of uh, listening to him call a baseball game, it's uh, you should just go and look at an old Dodger game. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna fucking be calling it on YouTube. You should just go on YouTube and you don't gotta watch the whole game. Just watch a half inning and, and, and just listen to all the interesting shit that he used to come up with about the players and and, and just listen to the, the uh, atmosphere he would set. And he was really one of the people that got me into baseball because baseball is such a slow sport that you, if you're not really good at announcing that shit, you're not going to be able to hold people's attention. So I, I've been in love with baseball since I was very little. So, And a big part of it was because of him. Because uh, he was uh, just great. He always say high fly ball when you know it's a home run. <laughs> and it's a high drive. It's like, okay, that's out of here. And then it's crazy, though, because he outlived Tommy Lasorda. And Tommy Lasorda was way younger than him. But uh, that's how it, I guess when when you either are an extremely bad person or you're an extremely good person, you <laughs> you get to live a long life. That's just a theory that I have because old people are really are either really really nice or really really mean. Those motherfuckers that live till their 80s and 90s, they're either a fucking bitter old person or they're like the coolest old person you ever met. And then when they die, you, you'd be hurt because they were such a great person. But yeah, I, I just, you know, I know I started off talking about uh, Vince Gully like that. It's just, I remember little boy me. So I got caught up in like the nostalgia of, you know, him being around my childhood and kind of just making Saturdays and Sundays a little less boring when I had nothing to do. And then I decided to watch a Dodger game instead of go outside and be in the hot ass 97 degree heat of California. Because in California, 97 is hot as fuck, especially in Los Angeles. But it's not as hot as 114 in Phoenix. So I'm not I'm not comparing. Not by a long shot. Because that's what happened to me yesterday. Why I couldn't uh, really record because. First, I, I woke up like maybe 30 minutes to an hour later than I really wanted to. So it set me back on a, an, an hour to 30 minutes on my routine. And uh, it just it just threw me all out of whack. And uh, I was trying to fit everything all in one day. But what really happened is I had to finally end this quest for shoes so I took my ass back up to Christtown and, and dealt with the crowds of Ross and found some nice shoes for like $21. <laughs> so even though, and then uh, I got, got the shoes and then I got on the wrong train to go back home. But luckily it was only like two or three stops to the end and then it turns all the way back around. So I basically took a trip 
one way on the light rail all the way down that I didn't intend to take. And, you know, it was pretty cool. But by the time I got home, I was like totally wiped the fuck out because it was hot as hell outside. It was hot as hell outside. I was like, man, I'm going to fucking die. Because when I I get to Ross, I have to walk across this hot-ass fucking parking lot because I don't drive, so I'm taking the the train. The train is air-conditioned, so it's cool. But once you get off the train, it's like, okay, now you got to cross this big-ass parking lot to get to fucking Ross. And then once you come out of Ross, you got to cross it again, and then you... You sit on the train and you get to cool off, and but then you gotta walk home, <laughs> which wasn't too bad. But I had to make a like a an in and out trip. Like I stopped back at home and dropped off my shoes or whatever. Then I had to run out and go get my rent. So I had I had to go all the way up to fucking fries and shit, and it was so it was cooking the fuck out of me. It was like so hot that one. Uh, one area by my eye <laughs> was kind of feeling like it was sunburned because I would press it and it would just hurt like a motherfucker. But by the time I got through doing all that, I was uh, pressed for time because I uh, ended up doing uh, Jacoby's mic at Tap That Bar, which is uh, in downtown Phoenix. Um, it's, uh, every first Tuesday and last Thursday of the month, uh, you can hit him up on Instagram, blow your mind sweets and find out more information about that. That's at blow your mind sweets. Um, and you can ask him about that mic and many other shows that he's in charge of. Um. Yeah, so I went and I uh, I did that, and I had a uh, friend from from junior high school come and watch me uh, perform at the open mic. It was it was pretty awesome to to have someone that I grew up with to show that much concern and uh, donate donate that time to see me do my craft. So uh, to E, I want to say thank you for coming. <laughs> to to the open mic last night it was it was very uh pleasurable to see you and um it's glad to it's always good to see other people from Compton that you grew up with because Compton is such a rough ass place that a lot of us don't make it out that shit so it was good to see her and she uh really enjoyed herself so um that was that was a fun you know Monday. Today is a little bit more reserved. I was lollygagging, and that's why it kind of took me till this long to uh, record this episode. Cause I was just like, I don't know, man. Maybe I don't want to do an episode this week. And then my inner spirit was like, but you're five listeners. <laughs> you're five listeners. One for every finger on one hand uh, will we'll miss this podcast if you don't do it. What are you going to give up because of those five people? What if they are entertained by what you say? What if they are wondering, where's the new episode of Comic Chat? 
Is he going to do it? Is it the end of the show? Pretty fucked up that he didn't tell us that it was going to end. So I ended up uh, doing this episode. <laughs> I know I know that was a, a little, little dramatic, but I just want to say thank you to the five people that have uh, subscribed and continue to listen to this um, cast. Because uh, I usually give up on things when they're not like a huge success. But I, I consider having you five people a major success. Because uh, it could be zero. So I'm very uh, grateful for y- you guys. Um, what I want to talk about is... Something that I just started doing. I just decided to do it like Monday. Well, I've been doing it, but I I just decided to do it a little more. Which is like speak positivity over people. And when I mean what I mean by that is when you see someone say they say something like, oh, I'm trying to get this new car. I'm going to see the uh, the loan officer today. I hope I get the loan. You can comment. You already have the loan and you're enjoying that car. I claim it right now. You can totally just just do that. Cause I had a friend say that she was, uh, she was on, a, she was on the, uh, she was waiting to take a test for a job. So I just told her, "You already passed the job, and I claim it right now." And it made me feel good though, because I didn't know, I didn't know the power of. Speaking uh, good and positivity into people's lives, because I I don't I forget that our words have power. I just think that we just be talking. But no, it it if you speak positivity over the people, it will come back to you in in, in different forms. Somebody might just lend you some money because you 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 gave somebody some encouragement. Not saying that that is going to happen but it could you know something could happen for you that you really really desire like maybe you're looking to start a new venture and you 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 spoke positivity over to somebody so now your venture starts off very fruitful and positive because you gave positivity and re- positivity was given back to you in return. And that's the uh, that's the way the world works. We work in it works in a give and receive uh, way, meaning the more that you give, the more you receive. And that's why they try to tell us during Christmas that it's better to give than receive. But we've been conditioned through mass uh, materialism 
to desire receiving more than giving because we look at giving as only a loss when that's not even the case giving somebody something could be healing yourself of some energy that you no longer need or are no longer require in your life and it could be helping somebody by introducing some energy that they uh desire to come into their life so everything is like always perfect no matter how our human brain perceives it we'll never know more than whatever spiritual energy created this realm we'll never be able to outsmart the the universe and that's why when things happen i try to tell people on this this show to not uh, get emotionally attached because the the positive side is coming but if you get caught up in your negative feelings about whatever is happening you're gonna block that positive uh, outcome and that's why when you try to speak positivity over somebody especially when they're going through a negative time they always get combative and try to, you know, so when is this good going to happen, huh? And it's like the, it's, they think it's because you saying some bullshit, but it's really because of that combative energy that they're giving me that is blocking the manifestation of whatever I was trying to tell them about. So speak positivity over people because... It brings positive energy and it creates a positive aura in both of your uh, realities. And I think that is something that's healthy that we could start doing. Because social media is just negative. Negative, negative, negative. Everybody being negative to get a laugh. I I, I catch myself doing it sometimes. So I'm not condemning other people like I'm not a part of it because I do it too. And that's why I'm trying to find a solution to try to uh, change and redirect that energy because it is not helpful and it's not healthy. And that is why a lot of people are going through these mental health uh, issues and and contemplating killing themselves. And you got teenagers actually going through with killing themselves because of the negative things that we do on social media. And then the first thing we say when a person uh, allows your words or your posts to uh, hit them so deep that they harm themselves, the first thing we want to say is, well, I didn't think they were going to do. You didn't think at all. The only thing you were thinking about is how many re- like little reacts you were going to get. They pressed that little yellow laugh react. 17 people did it. I'm so funny. But you don't really care. You don't care about the person that you uh, got that laugh off of. Who was the uh, at the expense of the joke. But then when they do something, it's like, well, I didn't think they were going to do it. Like, is that little react worth like someone else's 
life potentially. Not saying that you caused them to do it, but it probably was a determining factor along with all the other traumas and other things that was in that person's mind. Because I think suicide is the accumulation of personal trauma to the point where you can't uh, continue on living your life. Or you believe that you can't uh, continue on living your life. And that's what I think uh, people who commit suicide, they go through. Is it sometimes life seems like too much and they, they can't bear it. But I think that there is a lot of determining factors and social media is definitely one of them. Because we go hard on on social media. We go hard. I've done it. I follow a dude and hit him up on random posts about shit that he uh, said to me. Like if a dude is trolling me hard, then I will turn up my fucking trolling. And I'll start doing the same thing they're doing back to me. But I would do it with more force. And that was like the last time I almost got locked up in Facebook jails because I was doing that to somebody who was trolling me. Because I don't get angry when people troll me. I just go, okay, you think you're a troll? Comedy gene activate. And I just start going in. And next you know, I'm locked out for 30 days. So that's what, like, brought about this, um... This topic of of speaking positivity over people and trying to be more positive because it leads to more positive. People say you can't be happy all the time. I know I say this all the time, but you can be happy all the time. If you choose to be happy and you surround yourself with positivity... And you limit the negativity that you allow in your life. You can't cut all negativity out. That's impossible. But you can limit the negativity that you allow to be in your reality. And that will help you manifest more positivity. And you'll experience more positive things. And you'll have more positive days than negative ones. But when we sit and we try to fit in with the the trends, which is just us bonding together over the oppressive misery of being American citizens because the government is hoarding all the money and exploiting us through all the resources. Then, you know, we think it's the way to live a happy life is to be negative. But all it really is is a projection of our powerlessness that we feel towards this oppressive government that is placing limits on our life (coughs) by hoarding all the money and the resources. And then tempting us with things that they know that we don't need. And can't afford. So that's why we're all negative. I think social media has just become a place, a safe 
a safe space for trauma bonding for everyone in the world. But I think they monitor everybody's fucking page so that they can see the misery that they're creating through their oppressive uh, actions. But you can be happy if you think outside of the construct of government and whatever other bullshit that uh, tricks us into believing that we don't have. <coughs> when we, we have more than we have more than we desire. We just don't believe we do. And then we uh, we're conditioned to have someone tell us if we do. They, they, they rob you from, from birth. Give you a perception of reality and then tell you to go get it. All the while knowing that it's damn near impossible to get because they're going to trip you up. And if you, and if you get close, they're just going to move it a little further back. So you're a little further out of your reach. So you have to work, a little, work harder to, to, to get it. But I, I've discovered that's what they're doing to us. Kidnapping our minds and teaching us to think less of ourselves so that we can produce less happiness for ourselves. I I challenge people, if you listen to this episode, I challenge you to sit down and actually think about what you think happiness is, but don't think about any material thing. Don't think about money. Don't think about cars, clothes, houses, nothing material. Just focus on what you think happiness is. What is your definition of the energy of happiness? Because I'm finding out my definition of happiness is just complete and total peace. If I don't have to do anything, I won't. If nobody bothers me, I won't bother anyone. And that's my idea, and that's what my uh, interpretation of happiness is. Just being. Just being able to be. Without worrying about, oh my God, how am I going to pay for this? Or when I got to go do this? Or when I want, what jokes am I going to tell here? Or how many minutes do I have? What type of audience am I looking at? Because that shit is very. Um, It gets very chaotic, life sometimes. All the things that go on and all the things that you must handle. It gets very chaotic. So my idea of happiness is being totally present and quiet. Because that's where I feel uh, my oneness. That's why I feel one with everything when it's just quiet and I don't have to worry about any 
hurt feelings or any bills or any fucking shows or who's running the show why this person booked me and this is a lot so I want you guys to think about what it is that you think happiness is what is your total definition of happiness and it just no material things no material things just something that is natural and that you kind of neglect and use that thing to describe what happiness what happiness means to what happiness is to you that's just fucking crazy and um Another thing I'm starting to uh, learn is just to speak, uh, just to say positive things, because it does um, it does wonders for your mind when you when you do like affirmations or you just speak positively wake up every day and you say this is gonna be an awesome day it does certain things to your brain waves and it changes your overall perception of life and of yourself and it gives you a a positive motor going into the day as to um, the negative one we mostly have because life is such a a rat race as we like to describe it where we just sit and we do the same fucking thing you go home you go to work you go home you go to work here's the weekend that's like five minutes then it's back to go work go home go to work go home so it's, it's, it's really you know it's really hard to be positive when you're stuck in that loop and it's not even that the loop is the thing that makes you negative. It's just the things that you encounter inside of the loop. Like other people who realize that they're inside of a loop, but they can't handle it. So they just project their negative emotions onto you like your fucking boss and shit. Because that's all it is when, when your boss is riding your ass. His boss is riding his ass. So he's projecting those feelings onto you. And that's what makes it hard to deal with the rat race. If you had to go home and go to work and you didn't have to deal with your co-workers. Work would probably be the happiest shit that you do. And I say this from personal experience. I don't have a job, but being at, at open mics and comedy shows, that shit gets exhausting. Especially for me because I am introverted. So a lot of socializing is is a ton of work for me. Half the time when I come home from doing a show and I crash the fuck out like right when I get in the door or like maybe 15 minutes after I get home. It's because I am so exhausted from 
all that human interaction and energy exchanges and is crazy because you you absorb anybody anybody you you interact with you you absorb some energy from them and they absorb some energy from you whether it be positive or negative you'll find out after you leave you usually find out after you leave that person's presence because you either start speaking positively or you either start speaking negatively. And then the next conversation you have with, with, with another person right after that person is usually really, really negative because y'all were talking about something negative and now he got you thinking about negative shit. Or it's really, really positive because you're talking about something positive and you feel good. So you want to spread that good feeling to someone else. So, human interaction is fucking, oh, Jesus. Like, people always ask me, too, like, how do you, how are you a comedian and you're not really, you know, you're an introvert and you're not really a, a, a people person? I, I'll talk to you. I'm just not very bubbly. I, I know how to put on the, the, the Glennon McGee. Uh, off stage, on stage persona because that's what you have to do when you you're you're an entertainer. You have to keep it going, even though you're you know you're done working. You're not done working. You have to maintain that positive uh, energy because people want your autographs. They're gonna want to tell you stories. They want to hear. They're gonna want to hear your stories about what happened to you on the road. The the one thing that I um that I have to find a, a a more polite way of doing, even though my homeboy Ali Musa he made a great bit about this shit, is turning down drinks. Because if you sometimes when when I have a good set to someone, they want the first thing I want to do is buy me a beer. And and I don't drink. I haven't drank in almost five years so i'm not trying to go back to that uh dirty habit and it's his joke is basically about how when you tell somebody no they don't take no for an answer so he kind of just exaggerated the person asking offering the beer and and they get more and more crazy as he turns them down because it is like that with drunk people. If a, a person offers you a beer and you don't drink and you turn it down, the first thing they want to do is call you a pussy. They don't even ask you why most of the time when you say you don't you don't want to drink. They just call you a pussy. They don't know they don't know if you get extremely violent when you get drunk, you start wanting to murder people. You they don't they don't know why you, you you choose not to do that that substance but since you know they they're offering you should automatically accept and, and, and that is crazy like i had to tell people like bro no nah, i've been out i was alcoholic for 15 years i'll just go ahead and tell them for 15 years i was hooked on that shit i don't want to do that anymore 
and there's still some like what you you can't you, you you can't just have one like bro no i was a daily drinker for 15 years what is what the fuck so yeah that is uh that is like one of the hardest things to do as a performer now for me is to uh be personable and have to turn down alcohol like I know a lot of people thought I was gonna say the other thing oh this is really hard because I'll be really wanting that beer it's like nah I don't want that shit I know that it's not you know it's nothing uh, good about that shit all you're doing is messing with your frequency and not that I'm like super better than anyone now because I still smoke weed and that fucks that fucks with your frequency too. But I'm just done with that shit. But it's just, you know, dealing with people, man. I have to get better at it. I have to get better at the human interaction and the networking part. Networking is hard because you got to be a phony motherfucker, man. You got to throw on a fake smile and have little fake conversations with people that you can feel don't fuck with you or don't like you because you can feel that little tension in the fucking air. And it's really hard for me to act like that shit ain't there. So that's a lot of the a lot of my my down uh, fall is the fact that I can't put on a, a fake face. I always have to be authentic and real. But that's, I guess that's I do that because that's how I desire to be treated. Uh, with that being said, this has been uh, Comic Chat episode number ninety three. I am your host, Glennon McGee. You can find me on Facebook, Glendon McGee. That's G-L-E-N-D-O-N-M-C-G-E-E. You can find me on Instagram, IG, or The Gram. That's at GM3Comedy. At GM, the number three, and the word comedy. I want to tell you guys that you are all worthy of great things. You are super powerful beings. You are a magnet for everything that you're attracted to. And everything that you're, you're attracted to is attracted to you. You just have to believe that it is and call it to yourself. Because you're nothing but energy. Your body is nothing but particles of energy that make up a solid mass of body and flesh and bone. But the when you break it all the way down, you just vapor. When you die, that's that's what you go from. You go from this physical matter to vapor and light and sound and vibration. So you are worthy of all the beautiful and great things that you desire. You just have to believe that you are. And it will come to you quickly and easily. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. 
And right here on this lovely podcasting platform, Anchor, there's 92 other episodes you can listen to. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, Kava and Comedy on the 19th of August. I'll give you more information next week uh, if I find out the name of the place. Because I have a flyer, but I don't have the name of the place. I just have the address But uh, if I get the name of the place, I will let you guys know next week. So if you are down to come to the show, I think it's a free show. I didn't see any price tag on the flyer. So uh, just come on down. It's ran by uh, uh, Aldo Campana. Aldo Campana. And you can find him at at Aldo Campana uh, on IG. Um, with that being said, I want to say I love you guys and you're beautiful and your best days are ahead of you and all the goodness that you desire is coming to you right now and, uh, speak positively of yourself and others, uh, and, Till next time, I love you all and goodbye.